Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Good morning and welcome to Taking Care of Business. I'm Jackie Mitchell. Actually, no, I'm an imposter. I'm not Jackie Mitchell. I'm Warwick Merry. I have uh, sat in the main chair today because uh, Jackie has a different role going on at this time. So I'll tell you a little bit more of that in a moment. But imposter syndrome, it's been really interesting. We put a little bit of post out there about imposter syndrome and so many people are like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> uh, so I want to just tell you quickly uh, how... Wikipedia defines imposter syndrome, and in fact, it was first coined in 1978 by a clinical psychologist, Dr. Pauline Clance and Susan Ames, referring to high-achieving individuals marked by an inability to internalise their accomplishments and a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Uh, Despite external evidence of their competence and those exhibiting the syndrome remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve the success they have achieved with proof of success being dismissed as luck, timing or as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent and competent than they believe themselves to be. It is more common than you think. So today we want to talk about it. What is it? Who gets it? Why do we have it? And how do we manage it? So I have a fantastic crew of people here to chat about it. I have the lovely Lauren Bartley from Impactivate. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me, Warwick. Absolute pleasure to have you back. I have also Fiona Redding from The Happiness Hunter, who's here. Hello, Laurie. And uh, these two ladies also run the Business Addicts podcast, which is one of my favourite podcasts. And I have in the role of guest, the very special, you know her, you love her. She is Jackie Mitchell from Brandstorm Marketing. Welcome, Jackie, to your show. Hi, boss. <laughs> uh, so, and you, we were saying beforehand, just even in preparing for this show, because I've taken the role of producer yeah. and put it together, yeah. you still did a, a stack of preparation, even though you're not running it. Well, I did because the topic was imposter syndrome, and I'm certainly not an expert on the topic, and so I was feeling like an imposter <laughs> talking about imposter syndrome. Right. But interestingly, I, I do have a great fascination uh, with neuromarketing mm. and neuroscience, and so it delved into that side of it. So I'm certainly interested. I certainly knew of it. A lot of people have never heard of it before. Right. And then when you describe it to somebody, they go, oh, I feel like that. They yeah. Go, oh, yeah, that's it. So in, in your role with Brandstorm Marketing, you've yeah. come across a whole variety of different people. And as you get to know your clients, they open up a little bit. Yeah. So how common have you seen this out within your client base? Yeah, quite common and particularly amongst women. Right. And I don't really know why, and that might be something we can discuss today about gender, the mm-hmm. differences in gender, uh, and whether because women internalise it. And uh, and I was thinking, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about whether they are, are unable to internalise their success. So whether they really believe it, or whether males, and I'm generalising, of course, might just not think about it. I don't know is, is it related to confidence or not I think it is I think there's some connection with confidence mm-hmm. uh, but it's interesting when you talked about the definition because that's the first thing I did was to go well what does actually does it mean and I wanted not just a standard definition and I when I was right doing my notes and imposter syndrome to IS and I don't know if that was a that was a bit of a spooky connection <laughs> but anyway look, moving on 
So the, the definition, there was lots of them, but the one that resonated with me was uh, imposter syndrome, a dangerous fears that keep you in a perpetual state of under-earning while working yourself into exhaustion. Mm. And I thought that was a really, really good description of it. But, you know, as I, it's interesting also with the radio show, I see it more here because people are a bit more vulnerable, a bit more exposed yeah. in this sort of environment, particularly if you've never done it before because it's a, it's a bit scary, it can be a bit scary. Well, it is a bit scary if you haven't done it before. It's scary when you have done it before, <laughs> you know. Uh, and in the briefing, and I can sort of sense now over the last three years when people are nervous or not, and you can sort of pick up, you know, the, the red flags, I suppose. And so my job's to keep them as comfortable as possible because not for me being a nice person, but me trying to get the best information out of their heads mm. so our listeners can, you know, enjoy and learn from what they've got to say. And one of the things I say is that trust what you know. No one on this planet knows more knows as much as you do because you're unique. So trust what you know. And it's interesting when someone refers to you as an expert uh, I think that's a trigger for imposter syndrome. You go, mm. oh, I'm an expert. Well, I don't know if I'm an expert. Um, I'm sure there's people that know more about it than I do. Oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm feeling like a fraud. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling like a fake. And this is where this little voice in your head starts gnawing away at your confidence, I suppose. Yeah. But, you know, as I say to anyone who's an expert, your experience can never be questioned. So it's a really good point to or a phrase when you are giving your opinion and this is what I'm going to do today mm. in my experience this is this is what you know what I've what I've experienced and yep. no one can question that because it's my experience but your experience might be different mm. but that doesn't make it wrong it just makes it looking at things from a different perspective so I think that's important too and uh, and so really trust what you know and if you're starting to feel a little bit freaked out and now that you're aware of imposter syndrome going oh my god I feel like that all the time uh, it's always good to refer to evidence so tap into the rational side of your brain and this is the neuroscience side that works Uh, and people that suffer anxiety uh, disorders or any other psychological disorder and this actually imposter syndrome was described as a stress disorder Mm. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know if I agree or disagree with that yet. I suppose it is, I don't know if, if it's a disorder or if it's just a state of mind uh, because it's, a disorder to me sounds like you've always got it where <laughs> imposter syndrome sort of comes and goes. But yeah, waxes and wanes. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, well let's, let me talk about you for a moment. So you're an award-winning radio show host. You're on Sky News. You've got an incredibly successful marketing business. You live down here in the Morning Peninsula, which is the glamorous part of Victoria. (laughs) Do you ever feel like, do you ever sit behind the radio mic or be sitting on Sky News going, what the heck have they got me here for? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. And then when when I think that, when I think, I'm not the ex, oh, God, I hope they don't ask me an economic question. Because it's not my strength. Yeah. You know, talk about the share market or whatever. And whenever you're commenting on business, that's always the autopilot that people go back to. So business programs always talking about finance, uh, which you know, I know basic stuff, but I'm, it's not my area of expertise. Yeah. And if they ask me a question about what they think, you know, the share market's going to do, I think, oh, my God, what am I, I going to say? <laughs> you know, but this is where I go, well, that's me. Here I am as a business commentator. Should I know about that or am, yeah. I, am I an imposter? And when I, 
when I start thinking like that, I go back to, I have my little mantra in my head to go, well, all I can do is talk about my experience. All I can do is flag it, Mm. that I'm not an expert, but this is my view or my opinion. And the other thing too, when when I was doing media training a long time ago, when I was working, uh, when I was working in tennis actually, for Tennis Australia a thousand years ago, and they were really big on media training, all the players as well as all staff and things. And, uh, And we had this fantastic media person training us and she said something it's always stuck in my head it's okay to say i don't know mm. uh and and I, that's been really important too so i'm thinking well if someone asks me a question that i don't know or i'm going oh my god i don't you know i'm <laughs> an imposter i'll just go you know i don't know so you know what i'm a big fan of experts yep. go and speak to someone who do i'm not gonna I, yeah, you know yeah. i could make up an answer or i could tell you the truth well the truth is i don't know and i think that's really powerful and then say well, i'll find out you know if yeah. i don't i don't know but I'll find out for you. What about, um, do you minimise your success? Like, I know whenever I call you an award-winning radio program, you sort of get that look of like, oh, is it a real award? Yeah, well, it sounds a bit sort of wanky, doesn't it? But but, <laughs> but, it, but, but, but it's but, a fact. It's a fact. It is a fact, you're right. But I think that's that Australian culture. So Is it? I, I think so. Right. Yeah, I think so. That if I bang on about how many awards I've won, how much business, the type of client, the portfolio of clients, people are going to sit there, roll their eyes and go, oh, my okay. God, she so, is so full of herself. So let me ask you another question. Yeah. If someone says to you, wow, I really like that outfit you're wearing, yeah. what do you say? Thank you. Right. What Have you always said that? No. Or, yeah. No. Again, this is experience and age. Yeah. I used to go, oh, I've had it for ages. I was got it at Kmart or this it was a hand-me-down. I got it at an op shop. I've had this for 25 years. It was $10. I mean, it's all that sort of stuff. And again, that's something I've learned when someone does give you a compliment just to say thank you. Because I think that it wouldn't surprise me, you know, in talking... And the research is that, yeah, women do suffer from imposter syndrome a heck of a lot more. When the first research was done back in those late 70s, it was um, they estimated two out of five successful people. The research is now showing that 70% of people have experienced imposter syndrome at some point in their life. Yeah, sure. And it's not just women, it is men as well. Yeah. Men are less likely to talk about it because men have this bravado okay, that they yeah, want. Yeah. Um, but there's so many women that I will say, hey, nice shoes, nice outfit, nice haircut, whatever. And it's the response is always this old thing and there's this minimization of what they've done. So people uh, struggle to stand in their strength of, hey, this is some of the great work that I've done or this is some of the achievements that I've done. But And to do it in a humble way because we Australians will cut you down because we are tall poppy syndrome unless you're a sporting person um, uh, because that's just what we do. So... Has it been a conscious effort on your part to uh, to minimise the impact of imposter syndrome? Uh, elements of it, yes. But I also look back and, you know, things like being taught, this is 25 years ago, it's okay to say I don't know, and that's stuck with me my whole life, you know, not doing media work yeah. but doing any work, consulting work. Uh, and if someone does ask you a question socially, professionally, say, look, I actually don't know. It's okay. You're not going to look stupid. Yeah. Uh, and I, the other thing too, I was always conscious of being female and being blonde and being tall and uh, and people looking at you thinking, oh, well, you know, you're sort of pretty face, but there's nothing, there's no yeah. substance behind that. Um, so what I used to do in my early 20s was wear, if these are real glasses now I'm wearing, but I used to wear fake glasses 
and was very yeah. I know Brendan's now looking at me strangely, <laughs> but no, but that that was true, and that's and, not uncommon. And it was more about I didn't want people looking at the yeah. shell. I wanted people to listen to what I had to say, right? Uh, and and listen to what's in yeah. in my head. But I remember my dad saying to me growing up very clearly. Get your runs on the board. Once your runs are on the board, yeah. no one any no one can ever dispute okay. what your achievements are. Yeah, great. So the awards and things are great for that for credentials, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, and I suppose that's more of a self confidence. Okay, great. Hey, we are going to come back after a couple of commercials and talk to some other ladies who have some substance as well as who look glamorous. Shiny, happy people all in the studio holding hands, and I'm delighted to have the lovely Fiona Redding, Happiness Hunter, with us. Hello, Fiona. Hello, Warwick. Now, you have been kicking great goals with the great with the Happiness Hunter at the moment. You've uh, opened up branches all over the country, Adelaide, Tasmania. Tassie, yep. Um, We've uh, gone into regional, so we're in Painesville in East right, Gippsland, yep. and we will be moving into Brisbane, Perth and New South Wales in early 2017. Fantastic. So do at any stage you sort of consider what you're doing and going, when's it all going to fall apart? This can't be real. You know, it's <laughs> so interesting. I mean, there's no accidents ever anyway, but um, that this we were doing this show today because it's, I've been really, really, really reflecting on it. And, you know, I've been, no, I've been quite open in the sharing of my experience and my journey over the last few years as sort of Jackie was talking about before and the way that I've kind of I guess overcome my stuff in my head was just keeping taking action and sort of by the action overcoming the fraud and the feeling of imposter but then well actually I used to think that was imposter syndrome where we actually you know felt like we couldn't do it that Mm. was the imposter syndrome but you know researching for this actually discovering us like you know what when am I actually going to ever let myself say I'm doing a really good job you Mm. know and I've I'm I'm kicking some massive massive goals personally professionally in my life at the moment when, are, when is it going to be enough? When am I going to say, okay, I'm doing a really good job here? Yeah. And that's been something I've really been reflecting on. Yeah, because it, it seems to be like, uh, I don't know about you, but with, with myself and some of my clients, it's like we set goals and once you've achieved them, like, right, what's next? Yeah. There's not that time to that. Let's celebrate success and acknowledge, look at the work, but then look at the result. Yeah. And I think also to this idea that success isn't a destination, you know, it's not somewhere we've arrived. It's, a, it's the way we are living our lives. You know, yeah. that's really how I approach success anyway. But it's like, well... I'm not pretending in my life. Like this isn't, a, I'm not being a fraud in my life. Like this is real. This is really who I am and this is really what's happening. And it's okay for me to say I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Hey, so when you're on your Happiness Hunter walks and um, chatting with all the different people going, does the concept or the, maybe it's not the actual topic of imposter syndrome, but people share about how, oh, I feel like I'm not quite, you know, does that come up? All the time. Because the intention of those walks is really to help us become better versions of ourselves, you know, to really tap into that truth of who we are, not the rubbish that our head is telling us that we're not, you know, yeah. actually say what we are doing well in our life and where we are feeling like we could do better and those sorts of things. So we're always talking about that idea of, um, you know, it's good enough what you're doing. And I've got the thing at the moment with online marketing. Yeah. I've got this massive resistance to it and I'm, I'm still trying to work it out and it's it's tied up in this somehow, you know, this idea of I'm a fraud. Who am I? How dare I put myself out there and try to tell people I can help them? Yeah. 
Because there is a big difference between fraud and imposter syndrome. So just as an example, um, a chap by the name of Andrew Flanagan was hired by Meyer to be their CEO on a package of over $400,000. And uh, his resume was a complete (laughs) lie on on the first day and he'd done it before. That is fraud. That's where you're trying to do something which you do not have the skill set for. Yet imposter syndrome is you're actually achieving the results. And um, I don't don't know about you, but sometimes when I was working corporate, I, I was expecting the knock on the door and someone to burst in and go, we've found out about you, you're out of here. And so many people I share that story with go, yes, that's what I'm expecting. Someone's going to go, we've found out. Well, you know, it's funny because um, I've also been reflecting a lot, like where I was four years ago, you know, like I was in not a great space in any area of my life. And now I've got like surplus money in my bank account. I've got savings. I've got money in the pipeline. I've got, you know, clients, client base all over Australia now. And I'm like, I'm waiting for it to go, you know, and it's like, it's not going anywhere. Like it's, it's real. It's here. You can continue to kind of appreciate it and know that like I deserved it and I worked hard for it and actually really honoring that experience that I actually, I'm here because I worked really hard and I deserve to be here. Yeah. And that is overcoming that feeling of imposter. Like (laughs) I'm, I'm allowed to be here. Yeah. I'm good at it, being here, you know like, And even as you're saying that, there's sort of a tone of like, I'm good, aren't I? Yeah, I know, but it's like, I think you do have to, there's an element of kind of almost faking it to you making it, like having that awareness that yeah. you do have this belief about yourself and actually recognising that it's not true and what are you actually doing, that evidence, like constantly looking for the evidence to support that new belief that you do deserve to be here, that you have earned it, that you are good enough, you know, and looking for that, not for the evidence to say, well, this is why I'm not, Good enough. So do you keep a repository of evidence that when you're feeling a bit sort of shonky, you can go back to and look at it and go, no, but look at this is what I've done? Well, it's not so much a repository. I just acknowledge it as it happens. And I always say thank you. And, you know, for example, I track my money that comes in, you know, Mm. like I'm... I'm conscious of it, you know, I'm I'm always appreciative of it. And I, you know, people say, you know, doing... I actually had a, um, I was interviewed for this article, uh, it was called The Hero Shot and Story, and she, um, Beth Jennings took a photo and did a, a story, and it was fantastic. And anyway, she said at the end, she sent her a, a thing that you had to fill in, like a, what's that called? Survey. A on survey the, at the end. Go. She sent me a survey to say, how'd you find the experience? And she said, what was the biggest thing you learned about yourself? And I said that I inspire people. You know, and it was really interesting because I knew all that other stuff, but the feedback that we got from that kind of thing was, you know, how inspiring I was. And I was like, okay, I have to listen to this. I have to take this on. I am inspiring people by what I'm doing. And not to dismiss that, like own it, step into it and be that. So it appears to me in in the discussions we've had and and the the investigation of imposter syndrome, there seems to be a real disconnect between reality and how people feel about themselves. Perception. It's the perception of what the reality is rather than actually looking at what the reality is and, and seeing it for what it is. It's like, no, 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 they couldn't possibly be saying that. They must be making that up. Like, why would people make that stuff up? Yeah. Why would people give you a pretend award, Jackie? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a real award. And I, I think, though, the key there is trusting what you know. Yeah. So following on from Warwick's point about the evidence, uh, many years ago we had a success file in our team. Mm. So whenever we did something great in the team, we had this actual literal file 
uh, with hard copy, you know, whether it was a something in the media or if it was, you know, we increased sales by X amount or whatever it was. And it was actual evidence in there, which actually served a number of purposes. One, which I didn't realise at the time, was just really good motivation mm. and morale building, which yep. is good sort of for imposter stuff. But it was also great for those younger ones could use it on their CV. Mm. Right. So they could transfer that. But it was it was also great team building exercise. Yep. But also too, that idea we talked, you touched on briefly before about confidence. I mean, it's it's constantly looking for the affirmation or the reaffirmation that what you're doing is not pretend. Mm. You know? Yeah, but like, I think that's encouragement. Yeah. I think that's a different thing. Everyone needs encouragement. Everyone yep. does. And I don't think that we're given enough encouragement, particularly if you're working on your own, yeah. if you're running your own business. Uh, so you need to go and source someone who's going to give you encouragement and make it their job. But I think <laughs> it's accurate encouragement. Um, it's yeah. not a, yeah, it's here's not a blowing ribbon, smoke you've come, up, yeah. you've come yeah. 20th place, yeah. here you go. It's like, hey, I really like what you're doing and this is the impact you've had on me and here's the factual kind of stuff. I mean, I know for me, I have a happy file. So whenever I get some great feedback, it goes straight in the happy file. And there are days when I'm like, what the heck am I doing? And I just flick through the happy file and there's feedback on um, my newsletters, my book, the services I provide, all these different elements. Um, because And that just gives me the boost of like, that's right, I am on the right track. Yeah. Because... Our, perce- our perceptions do shift. So what are some of the things that, that you would continue to do to help you deal with the imposter syndrome that, that when it rears its ugly head? I, number one, having the awareness of it. Like, yeah. Okay, this is just a nonsense story that I'm saying to myself here. And then telling, starting to tell myself a different story. Yeah. That's not true. Okay, yeah. why isn't it true? Not just saying it's not true, but like why is it not true? Okay, there's five different pieces of evidence that you can collect from wherever they are and I'm just going to keep going or take a different piece of action or um, send off that CV or do that thing that I need to do because it's not true, that, that story that yeah. I'm telling myself. Do you have any triggers in terms of that there's certain events, locations, people that trigger some of this imposter syndrome? Well, um, it's actually going a lot and there's something to do with the online space at the moment so that's obviously putting myself out there in a bigger way into completely untapped networks so there's something there for me but I think for for me a lot of what helped me a lot was the podcast with Lauren right and actually really starting to realize I actually do know a lot of stuff and there's a lot of stuff I don't know too but just talk about the stuff I know confidently and so that helped us at the start but at the start I couldn't even string two words together on that podcast and actually seeing how that's actually go but again it's all the stuff that we've talked about we've had really positive feedback a lot of encouragement along the way we've done stuff to build our confidence um, and we've just kept kind of going and seeing how successful it is and and had proper measures of success right that actually had meaning, not weren't just about based on a number. Okay, yeah. excellent. Hey, um, we'll come back and talk a bit more about this uh, with the lovely Lauren and talk a bit about social media. I want to talk about the impact that Facebook has on imposter syndrome. You can just shake it off. But when you're surrounded by stuff like Facebook, it gets a bit harder. So we have the lovely Lauren Bartley from Impactivate, social media guru, amongst many other things. So I want to chat to you about Facebook. So many people I speak to do this compare and compete. And if they look at stuff on Facebook, but Facebook life and real life are typically very different. So how do we, how do we deal with that? Yeah, so I actually think 
social media, Facebook in particular, is awesome for business. Um, But from a personal perspective, it can be really dangerous. And it can be really dangerous because of the fact that we all show the best version of ourselves Mm. online. You know, we don't show the the kitchen before we've we've prepared the dinner. We just show the dinner afterwards and how awesome the dinner looks. And so what happens there is that people start comparing their back of house with other people's front of house. And we know what we look like behind the scenes and how dishevelled our hair looks and um, you know all that kind of stuff. But all we see of everyone else is their perfect hairstyles and their, you know, the best of the 3,000 selfies they took before the one that they posted <laughs> online. And then we feel inadequate as a result of seeing that. Yeah, that yeah. can be a real issue for some people. Yeah, I like that um, back of house, front of house. I, yeah. I would refer to it as comparing my insides with someone else's outsides. Yeah, same thing. And it's just, it's... It's like you're never going to win. Like, and that's what we do. We set ourselves up to, to never win. Um, during the, the break, you were talking about how you have a slightly different perspective on imposter syndrome. I'm tweaked and interested. Tell me, what, what's your perspective? Well, it's interesting. I, when you said we were coming on to talk about imposter syndrome, I said that, similar to Jackie, I feel like an imposter talking about imposter syndrome, but probably not for the reason that you think. The reason is I don't actually think I suffer from it. Right. And... I don't think I suffer from it in the the fact that it doesn't like debilitate me and prevent me from doing things. Right. And yeah, I know there's things that I do that probably is because I feel inadequate. And Fiona picked me up on this earlier today where I overprepare for stuff. Like so when we're interviewing for our podcast, I research the hell out of my guests right. rather than just rocking up and having a chat because I need that for the confidence. But part of the reason that I don't feel that I suffer from imposter syndrome is because it really is just your inner critic speaking and your inner critic is really your worst the worst critic there is out there but I've found a way to overcome that through the successes that I've had in life Mm -hmm. so I was I I know I suffered from imposter syndrome earlier on I I mean when I was younger I was when I was 16 I made the Australian team for the sport of life-saving the youngest person ever to achieve that and but it wasn't an issue for me I was just like yeah well you know I'm fast I'm good of course I'm gonna make it everyone else thought it was a big deal and I didn't Mm -hmm. you know I've met the queen I didn't think that was a big deal like these things happen in my life and so I expect it to happen when our podcast was you know in the new and noteworthy and um you, you know it's a high ranking podcast I was like well, of course that's going to happen. So whereas I know a lot of other people would have kind of internalised that and said, oh, that, that, I can't believe I'm here and all this kind of stuff. I didn't believe that. So do you, think, <laughs> do you think that because it sounds like you've achieved some success at a younger, more formative age, so do you think that because you've experienced some success being selected to present in, uh, sorry, represent in life-saving, do you think that there's like uh, an assumption of, well, of course, something good's going to happen and it might not be the best, but it's going to be good and so away we go. Do you think that that's helped? Yeah, definitely. And I know I know sometimes when I have suffered from imposter syndrome. Yeah. So I like, for example, I was a CEO at the age of 32. And a lot of people go, wow, that's pretty good, particularly when everyone else in the organisation was like 50 plus. Mm. And, uh, and I actually could have been the CEO two years earlier. Right. But I didn't put my hand up at the time. And then I spent two years kind of going, oh, really, I should have done that. Like, I could have been fine. And then when the next opportunity came, I put my hand up and I got it. Yeah. So there is some things in I can see in my lifetime where I've, where I've gone, you know, I know that held me back because I didn't think, who am I as a 30-year-old to be a CEO? Um, but that didn't stop me from, like, I learned from that experience. Mm. And then the next time I had an opportunity like that, I wouldn't let that 
be an issue for me. Okay. So definitely I think it comes from the experience. Okay. So you're probably in a good position to answer this next sort of uh, question. We talked before about how it's mainly females that, that suffer from imposter syndrome. Do you think it's a cultural thing? Because, you know, men, you know, I'm a six foot three white male in this country. I am the privileged. Like, it's like, even if I'm in a room full of completely different people, I still feel like I've got nothing to fear. So do you think that women, because they have been almost trained to be, I don't want to say second class, but it sort of is, do you think that would be one of the reasons why they, they suffer more? Yeah, I think so, because I, I think I've been brought up as a male. Right. <laughs> because my parents always put competition as part of, you know, it was a big part of everything that we did. We were always competitive. We always tried to be the best that we could be and all that kind of stuff, which I see doesn't often happen for, to a lot of females in their in their upbringing. Right. Um, so I actually feel like I've got a lot of testosterone in me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't feel like a lot of the a lot of the things that people say that, you know, is women aren't it's more likely that women will feel this way or that I'm, I'm I've never really kind of yep. associated myself with that side of things right and even I know there's a lot of people online who you know in, in where I work they're like oh we like to empower women we like to do this I don't really see the difference and yeah, I yeah. work with women I work with men and like you know I'm cool with that yeah and I so I think I do see the difference though but I haven't kind of that isn't the way that I've developed or grown up or yeah <laughs> so do you think that um societally if we put a bit more attention into our, our kids and just basically say anything's possible regardless of where you're from where you're going and that that'll minimize some of the impact of imposter syndrome in the future yeah definitely definitely but i think i think for people they just you need to you need to have confidence in yourself and build the confidence in yeah. yourself to not when you're hearing these voices, be able to ignore them right. and override them. And, you know, I have a happiness file similar to what you were saying there where I put yeah. everything that comes in that's positive about me, I put it in that file. But to be honest, I've never, ever opened the file. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really had the need. Yeah. And I know this kind of will, for some people, will come across as, oh, God, she's big-headed in the same way that Jackie mentioned about her glasses and people will have opinions about that. But I don't care. Yeah. You know, this is this is who I am. Yeah. And so I think that's part of what holds a lot of people back is they're not prepared to just go out there and go, this is me. This is the best of me. I'm giving this the best shot. When I started my business, like teaching social media, I'd only been using it myself for a couple of years. There's these massive experts that are doing all this awesome stuff. And, you know, I didn't go to university to learn about social media, but no one did. Mm. Like there's all these things that the self-doubt, I could have very easily not started my business, but I knew that I knew more than most people. I didn't know everything, but I knew enough to kind of say, well, who am I not to do it? There's people out there that know less than me that could learn from me. So why don't I go and help those people? And that's what I did. And so I'm not a big believer in the, I know Fiona mentioned before, fake it till you make it. Mm. Like from the, I I know Fiona didn't intend it this way, but from the perspective of let's go out and be a fraud star, because there's a lot of people that do that. But I think you have to probably similar to what um, Jackie said earlier, just be honest and be transparent and be authentic and say to people, and I do this now on coaching calls with some of my clients where something will come up and I'll go, you know what? 
I've never seen that feature before. Facebook changes all the time. Let me do some research and I'll get back to you. Or I'll say, oh, look, I haven't come across this before, but I suspect that this is the way that you should deal with it. And so just being really honest in that regard and knowing that just because you don't know doesn't make you incompetent won't hold you back. Okay. So let me let me twist things a little bit. We've yep. talked a lot about business here and this is a question for both you and Fiona. As a parent, do you suffer from imposter syndrome? I, there's friends in my life who are like, oh my God, how can I be a parent? I don't know the rules. There was no manual that came with this child. What the hell am I doing? Have you ever, let's start with you, Fiona, have you ever come across that when trying to raise your kids? Um, not so much felt like an imposter, more that... Um, when I sort of, no, I never have really felt like an imposter, but I have been very aware, you know, I don't know what I don't know as well. And a really key thing for me is I just want to be an excellent role model for my kids. And part of that is actually about being really honest about where I'm at and saying, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here or um, I'm feeling really angry at the moment, but it's nothing to do with you. You know, like just being really honest with them about it. Like we all in life, all of us are just muddling our way through really. And some of us, more confidently than others at certain times in our lives. But no, I've never felt like an imposter with my kids. Okay. I love the concept that everything has a beginning, a muddle and an end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, What about you, Lauren? I don't feel like an imposter as a parent. I just feel like a crap parent, to be honest. (laughs) So, And I think that comes with, um, you know, the, the expectations that we put on ourselves. We feel like imposters if we're trying to put an expectation on ourselves that is far beyond anything that we can achieve. Mm. So I just put really realistic expectations around my parenting (laughs) and then I'm cool with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. And I think that's probably a fair statement around imposter syndrome. A lot of that comes from having these massive expectations that we think we're going to be gurus when in fact... Um, with what we're doing, we're, we're just starting. The other thing that um, I wanted to raise was the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, now, for those of you who don't know what the Dunning-Kruger effect is, and this is, I'm seeing this more and more, particularly on social media, and that is where stupid people think they're smarter than they are. And so uh, and <laughs> the research that was done around this was that college students, they did an exam and then they said to them, well, how well did you think you went? Those that got the Ds and Fs thought they got Bs. They thought they did really well. And those that got the As, Bs and Cs felt that they got As, Bs and Cs because the skill set you needed to know that your topic matter was the same skill set to know how well you'd done. Mm. And so, so often there are people who know nothing about something, feel they know everything about something and that's their job to spout off about it. And I think we've probably all seen, come across that kind of person in our life. But again, it gets back to that whole difference between the imposter syndrome and fraud. And so the imposter syndrome is more a feeling and the fraud is more a fact. But I think that's interesting what you say there as well. I mean, that idea that the people who... And this is, I think, where some of us who might have imposter syndrome are actually looking at those people out there who have got, what's it called? The a Dunning-Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger effect and going, you know, is that me? Is that me being that person? Am I being that? And I, you know. I think Whereas the people with Dunning-Kruger. Have no never, idea. <laughs> never never question it. Yeah. Like, no, we're on track. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know what? I, I think that when I see those people do that uh, and it makes me think if they can do it, God, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually gives me confidence yeah, yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know, and then when I started um, doing work on Sky News, and I'd never done telly, and it was live, and I had no training. I didn't know. I just turned up, and um, someone said, "Well, you, they do your makeup, and no, you, they don't do anything. You just sit." <laughs> 
in front. There's no, and they close the, the door and then all of a sudden you've got to figure out where the camera is. It was the most... <laughs> It was. It's. It's a really funny story. A baptism first, of fire. Oh, absolutely. But talk about pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. That was like one of the ultimate. Um, so I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm here. I'm giving it a crack. And if I stuff it up, well, it doesn't matter. I try. Yeah, yeah. But in preparation, the only prep I did for it uh, was looking at presenters on the show, and some of them were really crappy. And I thought, what? The worst can I can be as bad as them, and they're on. You know what I mean. So it sort of gave me that that level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it sounds like the 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 key thing we want to do is feel good about ourselves. So let's come back and and wrap this up after our next break. Uh, so far, so good. I'm not feeling like an imposter. How how are you going? You're feeling good. Yeah, I'm good. everyone's Sorry, good. Yeah, hey, we're actually, love in the room. We're we're actually good at what we do, and I think maybe you are as well, listener. We're all feeling good here in the studio. Hey, now, even though I am Jackie for this week and Jackie's just a guest, I like to honour traditions because I think having a good traditions helps gives us structure and helps us know we're on the right path. And she has a tradition of giving a pearl of wisdom. Welcome to Taking Care of Businesses, Pearls of Wisdom with Jackie Mitchell. So, Jackie Mitchell, it was your name there in the burst. So let's start with you. What's your pearl of wisdom around imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome lives in abstraction. So it's impossible to survive when you take action. That's even poetic. I know. How good is I that? I love that. I know. So imposter, imposter syndrome lives in abstraction. abstraction yeah. So it's impossible for it to survive in action, in action while you're taking action. Yeah, yeah. So it's that when you're doing something, do something. Yeah. Do some action. Yeah. It's when you're not acting that it creeps in. You're stagnating. Yeah. You're yeah. just sitting there letting all the yeah, horrible stuff... But it, is, stuff. In, it does yeah. live in abstraction, yeah. so totally. it's not in the real world. That was quite insightful. I, I like, like that I one, like Jackie. That's a good one. Hey, uh, let's go to Fiona because Lauren doesn't suffer from it, so I want to come back to her at the end. <laughs> uh, so, Fiona, what's your pearl of wisdom around it? I think for me, when I, you know, from my experience, when I'm suffering imposter syndrome, I just have to get there and say, I deserve this. I have earned it and it's okay for me to be here and to feel good about it, you know. Yeah. Like I'm allowed to feel really good about where I am now. I don't have to think that or downplay it or second-guess myself or feel like I haven't earned it. It's like, no, yeah. I'm allowed to feel excited about being yeah, yeah. here. I think you know? having those mantras is Yeah, really I'm a big one for that. When, when I get really, really nervous about something or stressed, um, someone said to me once, you are at your best, Jackie, when you're relaxed. Yeah. And then I think about that and I think... We all are, Jackie. Yeah, I know, but I have to remind myself. So being stressed or nervous, I'm not relaxed and I'm not going to perform my best and I want to be my best. So then I go, yeah, I'm going to be relaxed. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. because it's better. (laughs) I can just be relaxed. Uh, So the very relaxed Lauren, uh, tell us, what's your little pearl of wisdom? Well, I think people need to change their mindset firstly. Mm. And as part of that, and Jackie mentioned this earlier, you need to own your success and really, you know, just say to yourself that, you know, I'm good enough and it's going to help build your success over time and any confidence that goes with it. But at the same time, you have to be mindful that you don't have to be perfect and instead focus on what your strengths are and what you're doing well rather than all the things you could be doing better. (laughs) And at the end of the day, like, you're enough. You're good enough. You can do it. Just get out there and try and don't hold yourself back. That's That's the taking action thing. Like, you have to take action. You can't not take action. Yeah. I'm going to upgrade your action. I'm going to go to the three A's. Awareness, acceptance, 
and action. I yeah. like it. Because uh, the awareness is just be aware. Look, it, it happens. Yeah. And then acceptance of, and it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's 70% of the people have experienced it at some point in time. Um, so it's like, it's okay. And then you can just take some kind of action to do something about it. And I think also just on top of that as well is actually, you know, talk to people about it. Like yeah. don't internalize it completely. Internalize this internalized nonsense. Like actually talk to people and say, I'm mm. feeling really like... You know, and they can help you. Maybe that's the fourth A, authenticity. Authenticity. You know, because, you know, have that conversation. It's interesting in terms of doing a little bit of research or the science behind this. uh, Someone has a model that goes about a whole process that um, the syndrome follows, which is you get a task to do and then you start with the anxiety and self-doubt and worry. Then you either go two streams. You either over-prepare to get ready for it or you procrastinate and put it off. Then you do the work, you have the achievement, you then have this, it's not a feeling of achievement, it's a feeling of relief in terms mm-hmm. of like, oh my God, I've, I've done it, that's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but then you get positive feedback, which you promptly discount. Yeah. Oh no, this old thing, no, it can't be me. Um, and then you perceive yourself as a fraud, you have self-doubt and anxiety and depression, and then you get your next task to do. So it, it becomes <laughs> this kind of loop that you can get into. So I could imagine for some who have it severely, it would be quite debilitating. Um, and for others, it's just it's it's a momentarily comes and goes. Uh, Lauren never gets it. Um, so somewhere in between. Oh no, I do get it work, <laughs> but I don't let it debilitate. Yeah, me. yeah. And I think that's mm. it's the same with with many things. Is like we have a lot of challenges that we face. It's about how we face the challenge and move forward versus going, well, that's it, I'm a failure, I'll stay in bed for the rest of my life. Do you know, though, on that as well, like one of my mantras is I am a warrior. Like I'm a warrior. I can get through this. So Mm. I feel when I get into this complete, it can be almost crippling, crippling, you know. It's actually, no, hang on, I'm a warrior. I can do this, you know. So it's actually having a different visualisation (laughs) about yourself through that, like acknowledging it, accepting it. It's like, no, hang on. It's a different way through. Yep. It's interesting. One of my absolute, besides being relaxed, I'm at my best. Uh, if that doesn't work, yeah. I have the absolute ultimate, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And then in 50 years' time, you know, you're dead. What's going to, from what you stuff up today, is anyone, no. no. Yeah. It's not going to make any difference yeah. to anything. Yeah. So just get on with yeah. it. Yeah. And, that's, and that's with that whole thing. When you, if, you, if it's holding you back, you have to ask yourself questions like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Exactly. Seriously. And then ask yourself, what's the best thing that can happen? Yeah, yeah. And focus on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Hazlett, who uh, used to be the CMO of Kodak uh, and now does a lot of work out in the States, his whole business approach is, uh, philosophy is, let's just do it. Yep. Is anyone going to die? No? no Great. Good. Do it. Yeah. And, it. and it really is that, that taking action moving forward. One of the other things I would I would say also is that language is incredibly powerful. Mm. So how we phrase our thinking on how we phrase the actual words we say will impact the actions that we take. And mm. it's very easy to change a thought. So at the very least, just changing your thinking, I believe, will help. Um, have, have you found that with some of the stuff that you've done? I oh, definitely. Every, it begins and ends with your thoughts. You right. know? And if you cannot be aware and... Uh, accept and then do something different with your thinking nothing is ever 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 going to change yeah, yeah. it's like it's it's the 100 percent the most important thing so when you've got a negative thinking going on how do you deal with it if you're, you're struggling to shift your stinking thinking how do you shift that well i think it's this is the thing it's not ever a quick fix with this it's actually about like no, but i want a quick fix it doesn't work like that no it's actually about looking at all of it, you know, yeah. and, you know, taking a, accepting that, you know, sometimes these things take time to change as yeah. well. And, 
you know, that idea of faking it till you're making it, whatever, but actually going, it's okay that I'm feeling like this, yep. but I'm going to keep moving forward, right. knowing that this might take some time to shift this very deep held belief. Right. I've got a quick fix. Yeah, what's a quick fix? Well, neuroplasticity, a lot of evidence has actually shown that we can shape our brain by pretending. Yeah, right. faking till the you're making. The faking till you're making. So yep. smiling, for instance, if yep. you're feeling bad, you know, putting a smile yep. and then your brain yep. responds to that. Yep. So you can actually change change the way you're thinking. And and then in that moment you can do that, but then you can actually say, well, what are some of the core beliefs that are still going to keep mm-hmm. driving this? Because until I sort of address them, yep. it's going to keep showing up and I don't want this to keep showing up. Yeah, I yeah, want this yeah. to, to go. I know for me, um, if I've got that stinking thinking going on, I love the concept of ink what you think. Yeah. So by physically doing writing, because otherwise it just does loops in my head, but there's something about if I write it down, mm. it yep. comes out and I don't have that thought process okay. anymore. Yeah. So sometimes, because I get the whole, the neuroplasticity approach of fake it till you make it, mm. um, but sometimes even while I'm faking it, there's still the voice going yeah. on and that helps yeah. me silence the voice. Do you know what else you can do? You can just like stand up and do 10 star jumps and completely shift the energy. You yeah. know, like honestly just go, okay, I'm bored. This is boring. I'm boring myself. I'm going to do something that is completely different right yeah. this second, you know, and shift it in that moment yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah. I think that awareness is important. I don't know when I've gone to extreme length, like I'm going to die, <laughs> and I, I notice I'm aware, self-aware that the fight or flight response yeah. is starting to kick in. So and then a thought goes, you know what, I'm just going to turn around, I'm just going to get in the car and go home, I, I don't want to have to deal with this, you know, why am I putting myself through this, it's too stressful. And then I turn around and go, how are you going to feel when you get home yeah. knowing that's what you've done, you've yeah. let people down, you've you know, you've let yourself down, etc. So then the fight kicks in with, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. And if the worst thing can happen, it's going to be a really funny story. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll continue to entertain my friends and I'll be entertaining a dinner party guest. But I also think too, everything that we do is an opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, mm. to um, you know, experience ourselves in different environments. So yep. it's, it's all an opportunity to kind of be better in yourself. So sometimes you're going to fall flat on your face and it's like, awesome, I'm going to learn something from yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. going to be a bit funny. Funny, yeah. yeah. And, and then I can share it with people <laughs> and say, I didn't die. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And I think it should be a bit funny. It's yeah. humor is an incredible it's power. It's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, and, and listeners, I don't think we've solved any of your problems, but what we've done is given a few different solutions and options and it's like so much stuff that's out there. It happens. You've got to deal with it and do the best that you can. So uh, thank you so much, ladies, for joining me here today on Jackie's Taking Care of Business show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have one life. Live it. Get out there and do it. Here's Johnny Cash telling us how to do it. See you next week on Taking Care of Business. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening and we hope you can get more success.